Welcome to Building Your T-Shirt Empire, powered by ShirtAgency.com. Get ready to take a trip inside the apparel industry for the best tips, tricks, and interviews. And now, here's your host, Cole Lundstrom. Hello, and welcome to Building Your T-Shirt Empire. This week, we have kind of a weird backward interview um, where I get asked questions about how to build a shop from scratch. Um, so buckle up and enjoy a nice long episode that covers a wide range of topics, really helps people kind of more with the mindset of how to grow their business as opposed to some of the more technical stuff that we have in other episodes. So I hope you enjoy it. Thanks for listening. Starting a small business mm-hmm. in smaller town, Tashby, California. I've got a four color single platen press. I have a flash dryer. I've got a small area where I can kind of clean up and whatnot, and my demograph is relatively tight. Now, I'm debating on whether or not it's cost effective to get a conveyor. Like, at what point would I want to get a conveyor dryer, you know, to invest that much money into it? How many accounts would I would I really need to have? Like, Yeah, I mean, it's, it's all about... Um, basically the way that you're going to make money and then use your money just building on it. So I wouldn't say the number of accounts matters. You could have 80 bad accounts or you could have one guy that crushes you and is like your biggest account ever. So it's more about like if you have free money besides like your basic necessities, then put it in the business. That's what I would say. Like go ahead and just keep an old car or whatever and then put that money into a business. And that's when you're buying the conveyor dryer. It's like, maybe you only need to do 100 shirts a week to justify the dryer. But you should just get it, like, the second the money makes sense. Okay. Now, with my flash dryer, would that be a problem? Like, should I be worried about using that on the same platen over and over? I've noticed that sometimes, because I'm, I'm heating up on Are the you same shirt. It? Not, not so much the platen, but the shirt's... After doing it for so long, they'll start getting the plastisol started sticking more, uh-huh. you know. So I'm having the, I mean, the time consumption alone, you know, yeah, do yeah. ten shirts at four colors is taking me an hour <laughs> at least. Yeah, that, so and that'll kill you. Right. So then maybe you're already there. I mean, if you're taking it seriously as the way you're going to make money, then mm-hmm. you're just investing in the business. You don't have to be afraid of going overboard. I think there are people that do buy like a kit. They'll spend, they'll buy like the $10,000 kit from, you know, Ryanet or something because they're going to start a business. Mm-hmm. And then they don't have like, I don't know, they don't have the drive. Like they don't actually make things happen. They thought that the kit was going to be a business, which right. it isn't. So I think that for you, you're already hustling jobs. You'll probably buy one like within the next month or two. And you can finance stuff like that if you're worried about losing all the cash all at once. I mean, I think the cheapest ones are... How, have you looked them up? They're like two grand? Yeah, I thought I saw them for about three. Yeah. Yeah. Also, you can buy used ones Craigslist. on Craigslist. Yeah, which actually has come into play. That was a great tip. Craigslist is amazing for starting out. Instead of going the route of Ryanet, you know, or whatever main distributor. Craigslist, yeah. yeah like I you mean, said. When you're when it's all about making money and hustling in the beginning, then totally just do anything to survive. Because uh, our first year, I didn't have a 4-1 our first year until like maybe seven months in because everything was farmed out. And then we didn't have a legitimate conveyor dryer till I don't know, like a year and a half or something. Okay. Because we were so just ghetto rigging. Okay. 
But that was all, that was like crazy scramble days. So we were like very hand to mouth with all of our jobs. Like the money just paid for the rent and just paid for the whatever. Um, we didn't really get like our flow till like the end of year two. That's when it finally felt like a normal business. Okay. So when you're scrambling, like just do anything to make money. That way things will get easier for you. Now farming out, I know you've talked about that before, but what what does that entail exactly? Like what kind of setup? I, I know if you get the account, but then like did you produce the art at least? Like what what did you bring to the table when you were farming stuff out? I mean most shops won't care if you bring anything to the table other than a client. Um, if you want to do the middleman thing, I would you'd land the client, give yourself some sort of order form or even just a contact form on your website that has like the components of an order form. Um, and then start a relationship with a shop where you know their pricing. So you know that they're going to charge you three bucks print only for like a hundred shirts. And you know that you don't have time to print a hundred shirts this weekend. Okay. So it's that kind of a relationship where like you're telling your client nine bucks blank printing everything all inclusive. You're paying for the blank, which is three fifty maybe because it's like a Bella. And then you're doing like a $3 print charge to the print shop. You keep the last three or okay. you keep the last two fifty. Okay. I mean, you basically become a sales guy, right? Like you're doing all of Chris's job and just ignoring the back end, which is a really good way to start. We farmed out a ton. Okay. So getting establishing a good relationship with somebody though, like, like you, well, yeah, for example, like somebody... if I came to you and said, Hey, all right. So I've got, you know, five or six different accounts mm-hmm. and I, I'm not really set up to do them. Can I just farm them out to you guys? And because we have a rapport, that's a better route to go instead of just kind of, you know, well, showing I mean, up at have, a place. Like, we have oh, a hey, distance gonna... problem. I mean, obviously right, we, right. we would totally print for you. Like, and that wouldn't be a problem, but your biggest problem with printing here is distance just because you're like three hours out. So finding a guy who's close to you, who you can like stop in will really help. Cause let's say you land 500 hoodies for the high school. Like you're going to be stressed out about that money. You're going to be stressed out about it being right. You're, you know that you're actually going to be able to lose more by screwing up. So since you're so paranoid about screwing up. You might just want to hang out at the shop while they run it. Or you might need to go there, approve the first one, and then be like, all right, I'll see you in four hours. I mean, it takes babysitting um, because your name is on it now. Like, you're going to ruin that relationship with that client. And what are you going to do? Explain that, like, some other guy's an idiot? Like, it has to be right, basically. You can't screw up other jobs and try to blame another shop. And the guy's like, well, I came to you, not another shop. Right. See, in my scenario, though, it's it's different because I'm such a small town, town of 13,000. The competition is so high, I can't really go to <laughs> local guys when he could just do it himself. It would have to be something to a well, most closer people, town like Palmdale or Lancaster. I mean, I, I don't know if competition exists that much in screen printing. I mean, I've never felt like... I've never felt like I was competing with the guys in LA in any real sense. Like you want to be like, oh, I got the best search result. Like you want that. Mm-hmm. And you want to be like the obvious shop when people find you online or whatever. But I've never felt like it was competition. Like we have to slaughter family industries. Like it's never, that's not the way to approach it. I, I would much rather work with someone like family 
and like be like, hey guys, I have 10,000 units and I can't finish. And they're like, great. And like, we'll knock out the last 4,000. Like that kind of relationship is going to be beneficial for everyone. So I don't know if you have to worry too much about like people jacking your customers. And if someone does, then just they're dead to you. I mean, most people won't do it, but if someone is doing it, then they're a douche. Right. Okay. Now, ink, that's a big issue I've ran into, disposing of my ink. I noticed out there you had that, that big tub of where your area where you clean the screens. Mm-hmm. What do you do with that? The uh, the ink is is not supposed to go into the dumpster. Right, and so, that's all plastisol. Yeah, right. So we try to we try to use as much as humanly possible on the shirts. Like they're supposed to be cleaning out screens and like scraping it into buckets if it's clean enough ink, and stuff like that. It. Yeah. So if you didn't ruin your white ink, it should be going back in your containers. And for you, it's so small of a problem that you're shouldn't worry. Like it's not even a thing yeah. really. Um, I guess if you had a big enough shop, then you could dispose of it properly at like a recycling center. But your, I mean, what's your ink waste going to be like? Not even like a gallon. Yeah, like, well, cleaning cleaning my screens actually that has been kind of an issue after the emulsion and whatnot. I have I have a back area where I clean them and they go into you know a twelve gallon like plastic a Tupperware tank, thing. Tupperware, yeah, mm-hmm. but. I kind of am stuck at that point. <laughs> I've got this thing full now. It's like, well, I don't really, I don't know how. Do so you have a washout booth? Or? It's, it's, well, that's my washout booth. It goes down into that. I mean, if you're worried about it, um, you can buy a filter system. That okay. way you can put it down the drain. So okay. like the filter system clicks in underneath your washout booth or underneath your giant tub, apparently. Mm-hmm. And then it grabs everything. And then you can like change out the filter instead of worrying about like what to do with your wastewater but once again there's so many people that kind of ignore that problem okay which is bad to do (laughs) (laughs) uh embroidery if i'm approaching a customer right and i tell them what i have i'm screen printing that's my main objective or capability what if they're wanting something else like um DTG or mm-hmm. embroidery or, you know, I, as of right now, I'm not set up to do like hats or, you know, mm-hmm. sleeves or, or collars. I, I'm sure it wouldn't be that difficult, but, you know, something yeah. more specific, like embroidery, what, I guess is a better example. Like what, do I just farm that out? Do I say, oh, I know a guy, you know, do I just try to yeah, keep that networking it, or. I wouldn't do it. I know a guy because once again, you can build your whole business off being a middleman. Okay. So like. You decide what you're going to offer. Like maybe there's no reason for you to even pretend you're going to do sublimation, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's just, it's not even in your area. And you could do embroidery, screen printing, and embroidery is like, you know, 35 pieces minimum or 50 pieces minimum. That way you don't find yourself like running around to the local embroidery shop for a 10 piece job. Because when you first start middlemanning that kind of stuff with like an embroidery shop or a DTG shop because you don't have the equipment... They're just going to want to charge you full price. So if you come at them with 13 pieces, mm. there's no way for you to make a profit at all. You kind of have to come and be like, hey, I'm doing this restaurant. I'm doing all their t-shirts already. Now they want to do hats. So we're going to do like 80 hats every month for this restaurant, whatever. Like you have to kind of come at them with a plan beyond this order right now. Because when it's just this order right now, they won't give you any sort of discounts. They're not going to see like a business relationship. They're just going to see like a guy who needs hats. 
Okay. But yeah, I would tell my customers that, like, I got you. It's cool. I'll do the hats and just give them a price. You don't really have to explain everything as long as the finished product is, like, fair and quality. As long as you're not scamming anyone, there's no reason to explain your business. Um, now, how would I show them proof on something like that? Let's say they wanted a specific type of hat with a specific type of design. How, mm -hmm. how do I come up with that kind of... Well, you do a mock-up just like you do a t-shirt. So mm -hmm. that'll show them like the placement and how big you're going to do it. Mm -hmm. um, and then I would also get some samples. So like if you make a deal with an embroidery shop, you know, buy like six hats off of them. Mm -hmm. And then when you go to a meeting, you can be like, here's our polo, here's our hat, here's our t-shirt. And samples are a really simple thing because you can actually kill people's interest by showing them too much. Sometimes showing up with like two great shirts and like one great hat is much better than being like, here's my 25 options. A whole bunch of them are trash. Some of them are okay. This one's expensive. Like when you do that, you overwhelm people and they, they can't really see what's good. But when you show them one hat, they're like dope hat. You know, it's just easier for everyone's brain to understand that they like this one thing. Okay. Instead of confusing them with samples. So maybe go through like with Bella Canvas, Lane 7, or Haynes, whoever, and just maybe grab one or two from mm -hmm. like maybe they're hot kind of items. You can just call and them and ask for samples. samples. Oh, really? And they'll, yeah. they'll just for They'll have free, different, they'll, they'll... well, it's free to me. Okay. Uh, no, the, the, uh, yeah, they'll, they'll give you samples uh, and they'll normally have some sort of pack. It's like the Bella's... Is it like the square like cloth? No, no, they'll give you shirts. The actual shirt. Yeah, but okay. it'll be like the Bella sample pack or whatever. I don't know how much they're charging. I would guess it's 20 or maybe under 20, and you probably get like six shirts. Okay. And you just call them directly and be like, hey, we're opening in a month, and we need a sample pack. And they'll, they'll have some sort of sample pricing. I'm sure they get it constantly. And then once you are established, you'll have a rep. So your rep will, like, if they're in town, they'll stop in. But even if they're not in town, they'll like call you up or email you and tell you that there's a new product coming. And they'll normally send you like one of the new product. Okay. Like so we got one of the new bomber jackets in already and stuff. And it's because they know that they want people seeing it in our store. So once you get going, they'll start giving you samples for free. Okay. So reps are pretty important. And at what point do you get the rep? You said just kind of when they notice that you're uh -huh. ordering a lot or... Yeah, I mean, there's people who order a ton and have, have never had a rep. And then there's people who drive a rep crazy and they, like, barely buy anything. So, I mean, if you're on the phone, you can get yourself somebody who's your rep. I mean, they're used to it. It's set up like that. All the distributors and all the places, they have people who do nothing but sales. So, they basically become your point of contact pretty quickly. Or you can do it online and just not do phone calls. Okay. So if I were to call, like, let's say call S&S, &S, that would be kind of a good way to go about it and say, hey, what's really hot right now? You know, yeah. What do you guys have going? Or go to their open house. Couple... Their open house is probably going to be like October-ish. I don't know what their plan is, but I think like last year it was like October. Um, you can go to those open houses and they have a ton of stuff that they give away on purpose, like a grab bag. So you'll get like 15 items and then beyond getting the stuff, is they'll give you the whole pitch like this is hot for hunters like the amount of stuff i've seen on camo when i'll never sell camo ever here because <laughs> it doesn't make any sense for us huh? but when you go to those events like you you do you just do every pitch even if you don't need it 
just know everything. Same with ISS in um, January. I think we already missed the Vegas one. But if you go to Long Beach ISS this January, you can get absolutely anything you want for samples, for just learning people's like sales techniques, whatever you want. Because it's the entire convention center. Okay. So now I know you mentioned before sales, how important that is. Uh-huh. That you would say that's probably it's basically top. the whole business. That's the whole. So with me personally doing everything myself out of you know my little garage. That's where I need to probably focus my strength is mainly the sales because I'm the one I'm the only one I had to lean on right mm-hmm. like that's well yeah because the you're gonna have a lot of credibility problems right like a ton right and that's and why so, where a website comes into play right well yeah websites but even credit. that's kind of bare minimum like getting the website up is people if if you start hitting up people with your Gmail account and stuff it's just they're just not going to give you money. You'll end up getting like a 20 piece order, but you won't get any sort of good orders because you're not like a business yet. So the website, uh, an email that actually is the same name as the website, um, maybe figure out some sort of like work number or at least change your voicemail so that your voicemail is no longer your personal. Um, you can do a lot of stuff like Skype or other voice over IP things where like you have a fake number. Like, Shirt Agency's number actually goes to me, Chris, and Joni's cells. Okay. So, like, when they're calling us, they're not calling our landline. They're calling our cells. But it's put on through um, business hours. So, like, it stops going to our phones at, like, I think 530. We have it set. Okay. And how do you set that up? Uh, well, that specific ways. one is called Mighty Call. But there's a lot of services that are very similar to that. And then that way you can have, like, your own business number. Right. And no, it's not like they're sense. calling you as a human. Right. They're calling helps. during business hours and then it shuts off. No, that's more professional. Great. Yeah. No, that sounds great. Mm-hmm. So what, what's the process called? Or like, what's that type uh, of... Mighty Call is the name of the app. Call? Like a, okay. And so it's, it's, um, I don't know what it is a month. We pay a lot more because we have a lot more uh, minutes and lines. Okay. But when it starts, I think it's pretty cheap when you get only one person on it. But we ha- you have to pay for each new cell phone you're adding, so that's why our bill got high on it. But yeah, it's great. I mean, the ability to like answer the phone when you're at lunch and like they're calling your business line is amazing. Mm-hmm. Instead of being like, oh, what if so-and-so calls? Right. But then you also get the reprieve of having your mm-hmm. weekends or evenings to where yeah. somebody's because calling. Because if somebody is late. calling us at 11 on Saturday, like we'll ne- we don't even have to decide to ignore them. Like, right, it's right. decided for us. Right, no, that's awesome. That sounds great. Because yeah, you do have some customers that get a little intense, <laughs> which just happens. I mean, it's it's their money, so I think it makes sense when people get worried. Mm-hmm. But some people get worried about stuff that's actually going fine, so you end up with like panicky calls. Right. Now, I kind of already have had a little bit of experience with this personally. I went in with a partner very beginning mm-hmm. it ended pretty quickly and that's probably bad not horrible that's that what is I was gonna ask. <laughs> at what point like so but just if you're starting up it's definitely not a good idea to go in or at any point like in this type of industry like would you ever think I, it would be a good idea to i started the thing with a girlfriend that i had for three months and she sold her civic so i'm all for partners <laughs> i mean 
me and Joni were like we we like met at Halloween and then we were running we started shirt agency in February so it was like between meeting and starting was like four or five months maybe so I I mean people help for sure you can do it on your own and if you can find the right person it'll be easier with the right person okay so I wouldn't be afraid of partners I'd be afraid of like losers but people who are on it are great I mean, we never would have gotten bigger without people like Vlad and stuff who are just good, like, co-workers. Right. Yeah, I guess it's a little... I mean, for you, just when, hustle when some money, but... Right. Because you could just be... You could also become the boss, essentially, and then you could just hire people. That's, yeah. That's, you have that's a little a more different, control. Of course, yeah. You want... the. I'm, I guess I'm not looking at it from that aspect. I'm looking at it from somebody who's kind of on the same... Path and we both want to achieve the same goal, you know. Mm-hmm. But then there's that risk because my partner, it all sounded great and fine at the beginning, but you know, all of a sudden he's, hey, I'm getting married, you know, out, out of clear blue sky, and it's like, okay, well, he's got no time to work or do anything. Yeah. But then half the equipment was his, so now I'm, yeah. kind of stuck. Now you don't have the actual gear. Right. Right. So now I'm kind of, but. Well, yeah. I guess but I mean, less I, that's learned. just people being. That's just people having different priorities. Because it's like, I, the amount of times that I've thought something was a great idea and then completely bailed on it. I mean, I, you can't really fault someone if the money's not there yet. When you're starting, that kind of do or die thing is rare. A lot of people aren't going to be diehard about their business. A lot right. of people are going to be like, oh, I was going to do this thing. Oh, I didn't really make any money. Ah. And it's like, that's it. Like, right. you just like cut your losses. So having that diehard mentality it will be harder to find someone who cares that much about printing t-shirts okay like a lot of people will think it's fun but they won't necessarily want to actually like do it like a job right yeah because you started you said you've been since your beginning (coughs) with joni Mm -hmm. that was 13 years ago right no oh i thought five oh it's five oh so this is taking you five years oh Mm -hmm. wow that's really impressive 13 then. i would have been like like <laughs> i don't even know 20s no i would have been like uh 17 or something oh okay <laughs> so you could edit that out <laughs> yeah it would have been like crazy all right so five years so that's actually that's even more exciting so wow you jumped this high at what point my objective is to get it to where it's self-sustaining pretty much to where i can mm-hmm walk away not so much sell the business but you know have it kind of run by itself to where i can go off and start a new venture you know possibly another shirt agency maybe in a different state maybe we've kind of touched on that before like doing something in nevada you know having kind of different satellite Mm -hmm. points i mean what do i need to get to i guess to achieve that i don't know i can tell you when i figure it out I mean, oh, you growing like you so we have one location in Rancho that's basically shipping slash sales. And what we learned was that the infrastructure. Oh, so the infrastructure is not cheap, right? Like, just our gear. If there was no rent, no payroll, nothing, just our gear is well over a hundred k now. I mean, probably over one hundred fifty k in gear, and so like. Just copy-pasting that doesn't work. 
So there was this really, really large print shop. Um, I, I'm blanking on the name. Plus, I'm going to trash talk them, so I probably <laughs> shouldn't remember the name. <laughs> <laughs> so they so they get a million dollars, right? Yeah, Invest, right? Investment money. And uh, they grow instantly um, to spend the money. So I, they ended up doing, I think it was it was at least a dozen autos. And it was a huge staff. And they just, like, turned it on, right? This huge t-shirt factory they did everything right but they didn't have the sales to support it no one knew who they were and they were bankrupt in about 18 months and it was because like you can't copy paste a location like shirt agency in la if we just open tomorrow in portland we will not be shirt agency portland like we can put the name out there and no one will know who we are like at all so if we threw $150,000 worth of gear in portland then we'd have a shop that's like running one or two jobs a day with the gear that in LA we do whatever, 2,000, 3,000 in a day. So it's like, you can't just copy paste because of the sales. I mean, the internet helps, but if you're gonna say that the internet helps, then why have another location at all? Just do everything out of yeah, one I mean, shop. Like I, we were thinking that next time we expand, we'll probably keep this. We won't actually leave LA and we would get another facility that's like the production facility like that's how we're thinking of expanding now we're not thinking like um, franchise McDonald's style mm -hmm. we're thinking like okay there's like the downtown meeting center and then there's I don't know something big and ugly in like Anaheim or maybe even something cheaper like Ontario you know mm -hmm. it's like a big air-conditioned warehouse where guys just like do the work and All stop yeah because trying to open little shirt agencies would actually be more expensive and with the internet I mean you can order from London if you want right so speaking of that going back to the website that is that is still vital though, right? Your, your, your Facebook, your Instagram, your, your social media yeah. standpoints, all those, if you want to expand, if you want to do any good, that's. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of it comes down to trust. They're like trust building situations. So you, you put out, uh, you meet someone, right? Mm -hmm. We'll just go through the, the flow the of meeting someone. Mm -hmm. So you meet someone, you hand them your business card. They're like, congratulations, you you know about Vistaprint too, right? Mm -hmm. Now, maybe you do a good job talking and they look into you later. If they go online and you just like pop right up, your credibility has skyrocketed. But if they're digging through the trenches to find something that you did like a year ago where you like made a Facebook page and abandoned it, and then now they're looking at a Facebook page with like your mom liked it, I mean, like, you're <laughs> clearly, really. you ain't doing nothing, you know, like, that's what it is. You ain't doing nothing. So, like, either you can go the old school route and have a business with no profile because you're building, like, real relationships and just figure you're too good for social media. Or you can take the huge advantage that it gives to everyone and then, like, just put out content all the time. We put out a fair amount of junk. I mean, like, it's just like holding up the camera, you know? It's like I turn on the time lapse or I take a picture of like someone holding a t-shirt, but it means we're doing stuff right. as opposed to like Absolutely. an Instagram that someone abandoned a year ago. Um, cause people see dates, like they see that nothing's happening. It just looks like you don't actually do anything. 
But if you're like grinding and showing everyone you're grinding, people like to watch it. It's right. fun. Once you come up. Now, and I know this is such a basic question, and, and I hate to even ask it, but should, is it worth it to use an iPhone over an Android oh, for I, all these things? Because, I, like, I've always been an Android user. I hate the operating system for iPhones. Which one do you do. have? You have a good I've, one? I've got a Note 3. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's, it's, it's a little outdated and whatnot, but I, I mean, for the, because I noticed these guys who, you know, all your guys out here who take pictures and stuff, they all have iPhones. Yeah. You know, the we're quality. An, we're an Apple, we're an Apple shop. <laughs> all right. But it just, the, the camera's better. And yeah. then the apps. I'm just wondering if, like, overall, it's honestly made the transition easier. Because I'm, I'm due for an upgrade anyways. Yeah. I mean, they're cool. I, I, I like the iPhone a lot for doing all the social media stuff. I mean, it's just... Makes it It's just easier, reliable. Right? I mean, I haven't had an Android for three or four years, so it doesn't... I don't really know the reliability of most Androids. I would assume that the Samsungs are pretty awesome. Like, those look great every time I've played with them, but... For me, it's just, at this point, I'm so ingrained in that ecosystem that I, I'm probably just going to stay there because I've already bought junk and bought apps and whatever. Right. Okay. Yeah. Then, I don't actually think that, like, the quality of your camera matters when you're doing, like, a two-inch by two-inch square on Instagram, though. I mean, quality, you can do a lot with composition and lighting and ignore how crap your camera is. Like, when we do, um, it's funny, when we do those... We do videos with Bella that are like, you know, how to print on whatever. Mm -hmm. And when we do it, they come in with these insane Canon cameras. They're like $20,000 units. And every single time they walk in, I'm like, you know, people watch this on their phone. You know, like, <laughs> right. like, they <laughs> like it's, it's a bit of overkill. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, we shoot everything in 4K. Like, wow. it's like raw 4K footage on these like borderline movie cameras. And it's, everyone's just going to watch it on their phone with a bad internet connection. Well, yeah. They're going to put their setting on auto. Like, they're not even going to hit, like, the HD button. They're just right. going to, like... So, I mean, in a lot of driving ways... driving down the street, so they're only halfway going to watch it. Yeah. So I mean, if you got Bella money, then yeah. Do, do it. <laughs> Go for do it. Do it. But for you, I don't, you know... Okay. If you want a phone, get it. I don't think it's going to matter. I don't think people are, like... that much of a difference. Okay. No. Okay. Good, because I like my operating system better. Anyways, <laughs> now, I know we've talked about this before, but my biggest issue, hands down, is Adobe Illustrator and just, like, creating the art. What would be your best recommendation? I want to learn it, though, as opposed to just farming it out or having, mm -hmm. you know, let's say Sammy do it at Ace. I, mm -hmm. I'm wanting to put in the time and effort. Is there a route? I know there's an online course, which... Yeah, I think Kevin teaches it. Did you meet Kevin when you were here? No. Oh, Kevin's up at Ryonet, and I think he's in charge of that, the online illustrator course. Mm -hmm. But <coughs> honestly, <coughs> since you took the normal class, you kind of got it. Like That illustrator course is kind of meant to be um, kind of on its own. So you have a lot of that class already from taking this R class. Mm -hmm. So... I mean, you could do it, and you'd learn more. And also, I think you could probably talk, just, like, talk with Kevin a lot. But I would think that YouTube is going to be, like, huge for That's you. Good. Because there's people who make amazing, completely free videos. And they may not necessarily... You don't have to search for t-shirt. Like, sometimes you can, like, watch those guys who are just designers. 
mm -hmm. just watch them do like an entire piece of art for like 25 minutes. Because there's guys who have a microphone set up and they talk through the entire job. And once you start learning the tools, then applying it to t-shirts is easier. Right. I, that's just a little a few things I've learned through you. Like I was saying, you and Dan, I mean, going home and trying it on my own. Mm -hmm. And that was just watching you for a few minutes and it just took it already to the next level. Yeah. Watching people is, that's how I learn. Right. I, mean, I, I, I would... I've never taken, like, classes. Like, I never did, like, the Ryanet class or anything. So, I don't really... I like watching things be done. I don't mm. really like the whole structure of a lecture or of, like, homework. Like, hey, we're all going to make this today. Right. That's that's why I, I asked like you that. if I could come down here. Cause, yeah. You know, outside the... Not knocking the class, just actually doing the hands-on. Well, yeah, I mean, the class is, is great, but it is, it is an overview. Mm. Like... You can't take the class and magically be an amazing screen printer in two no, days. No, no. And it, no one can offer you that. No. Any other classes that are trying to pitch that, it's just scandalous. Like, you shouldn't be telling people that. Right. That, like, oh, you're going to have a million-dollar business if you take my course. It's like, get out of here. Right. Like, there's so much to do. We just, today, for example, alone, putting those, the water base, that, that, that blue shirt or sweater Mm -hmm. And we were putting through, and they were coming out. Yeah, the discharge was the bad. Discharge, yeah, yellow. But then we put them through twice, and it came out. Mm -hmm. That's all it needed. I never, I didn't learn that in class, you know. Yeah. And that's something that you can't. Yeah, it's just, it's like practical problems. You just when you're printing, things just go really sideways. Right. Especially like polyester blends. If you get a weird shirt or a weird brand that's maybe not as good a quality, some of those dye migration problems are the worst. Like. So discharge and dye migration is, you're always playing with it, even though our guys have done it every week for years. See, and that's, I guess, where it gets kind of scary for a guy like me. You guys have the point where you can kind of play with it. You have that capability, and it's not going to be devastating. Mm -hmm. With me, you know, the trial and error aspect can be very costly. Yeah, because you don't have a so, wall of ink, and you don't have... And you're trying to get something done and whatever. Right, right. So, you got any advice for that? <laughs> Reddit. Reddit. Reddit and t-shirt forums. If you go, there's a pretty decent subreddit for screen printing. Okay. And they're pretty, they're, they're pretty responsive guys. I mean, like, you can go on there and just, you know, say like, hey guys, this is the brand of Discharge I bought. And no matter what I do, it's turning pink. And you'll get like five, six comments of guys saying why they think it's wrong. Um, and then t-shirt forums, that's been around forever. So you could go on t-shirt forums and ask questions. So okay. when you get to that point of being like completely stumped, right. go online. But also a lot of it's like, you know, turn up your heat, turn down your heat, raise your thing, lower your thing. Like, especially like people will, I'll see a lot of people who are new having registration problems. Mm -hmm. And it's almost always like, okay, we'll fix your off contact. Like they just have whacked out off contact. Right. And then all their reg is bad, and they think that, like, the machine's broken. So, a lot of times it's, like, patience and just keep going. Okay. That'd be your biggest piece of advice, probably. Just patience and keep going. Because I, I know yeah. that's what's happened to me, just even from the start, you know, the off-contact. Something as simple as that. Mm -hmm. You know, just running ink through and getting frustrated. Like, Why is this not working? And then watching a video and seeing... Yeah. I mean, just, I mean you, everything... You need will, a gap. Everything will work eventually. I mean, at one point, 
when I was like playing around with screen printing, mm-hmm. I had to like burn things outside. I would just put it in the sun. That's how you do your exposure yeah. for your film. Yeah. yeah. Because I was like, <laughs> I don't want to spend whatever, 400 on a light table. Right. So I, I was just like, so everything works. Like on the most stupid base level, you can get a hinge and like drill it into a table with your screen. I mean, you know, like the equipment gets nicer, but it's really pretty simple. It's there's there's these that. videos you can see on Instagram of people in like the Philippines and everything's handmade. Mm-hmm. And their gear is amazing. It's like these long tables. Then they lay the shirts down in like a run of tables. And this guy walks, just hand puts the screen down, does the squeegee. And then he just moves to the next screen. And then he just lets it start air drying. Because he's just got like whatever weird water base they buy. Which is like borderline paint. And so they just let this like acrylic ink dry. And then they just walk around putting screens on things. So if you just keep cranking, like you'll figure out something, even Eventually. if it's not like the right way. There's right. there's always a way to make it work. It's just ink. I mean, it's not. Even when you get stuck, it's not like rocket science. Okay. All right. Well, I think that's about. What'd you do about the website? Did you figure out uh, I, what you're, you're gonna buy? The what do you mean? Were you going to do the Squarespace or the... I, I haven't I haven't sat down when I... Yesterday when we took off, I just went and crashed at a friend, so I, I didn't... You I didn't have any equipment. Yeah, I didn't have it. I mean, I could have done it on my phone. I had no charger. It was you done. Can't build a website on a phone. That'll be that'll be the next thing. Some website. some idiot making an app. Like, build your own website on your phone. Hey. They probably have it already, kind of. Yeah, I don't doubt it. Yeah. That's what makes the world go round. But yeah, the... I know sitting down and putting time into the website, I'm sure I'll be bothering you about that, asking questions, you know. Yeah, it'll be, you'll be fine. Just just do that thing we did yesterday with the layout. Okay. All right. No, Great. for sure. I've been thinking about it. It's just I didn't. So many people's websites get so messy, and they forget that they're actually asking someone to buy something. Right. Like, just do that really clean template of just, like, headline, testimonial, maybe, like, some photos and then go back into a contact form again because that's all you're really trying to do with a website is get a contact because this industry you kind of can't automatically do it you can't just get an order i mean you can you can do like the custom ink style of printing mm-hmm. but there's a lot of people who don't like that level right they want like a higher quality so in a world where custom ink exists you need them to like get on the phone with you. That way you can really do it right. Cause yeah, you're never gonna compete on that level of website. Right. And and not, I mean you can go in there and design your own shirt and whatnot, but it it's mainly all templates and, and kinda mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't yeah. particularly Well they they farm out pretty much everything, so like your print quality has problems. Right. Which actually that's like that's great because they would eat up the industry if they fixed some of that. Mm-hmm. But they don't, so that's great. <laughs> like they, they do this like fast, big volume thing, but they keep their printing costs as low as they possibly can, and like all their labor costs as low as possible. So it really helps people who want to sell anything premium because it's really easy to look premium against their shirts. Yeah. yeah. What what kind of brands do they even use? Can you select the brands? Oh yeah, you can there? buy everything. Oh, okay. I'm okay. sure you can buy Bella Canvas and stuff on there. They okay. just you know. They just like get everything 
on and off. Like the way we do photo approvals and all the way we do uh, like mock-ups and stuff mm -hmm. with customers. And then customers are like saying like, oh, I don't like the yellow and all that. Like that doesn't exist. Their whole business is just whatever you gave us, we're printing and it's showing up at your door, period. So they end up with like, they might have even done a good job. And the customer is like, I hate this yellow. And it's because they submitted the art on like a computer or a monitor or whatever. They don't even know what a good yellow would look like. They're just picking yellow. And then when they get it, it looks weird. Not how they envisioned it. Yeah. yeah. You have a lot of problems with like Pantone colors. When people think like they'll have a high school color or college color and they forget that the color is really important. So they're like, oh yeah, it's like royal blue. And then you give them their shirts and it doesn't match looks. any of the right. other shirts at the high school. And now you're the idiot for not matching the high school. So a lot of times getting those approvals is like the only way to work through those mistakes that the customer might be the one making. But you're kind of guiding them away from their own mistakes. Okay. So that's obviously important. Now, I know you mentioned how you used to do it with your website or... You said, "Oh, we'll put a, we'll send a salesman out to talk to you." When yeah. it wasn't it just well, we you? Were <laughs> it was, yeah. You were the salesman. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> but that looks professional, though. It like worked. that's yeah, that's so. The other guys the, aren't doing it, right? Because well, it's real hard when it's like, "Hey, yo, come on over to my garage." <laughs> like you can't do it, right? Right. Okay. So just when you call them up, or if they call you up, you just let them know, "Hey, we'll we'll send a rep out." Yeah, I think a lot of the people starting forget that they gave themselves a job. I think a lot of people start and they want to tell everyone that they started their own business. And that's kind of where they end it. Right. They like, oh, it's my side hustle. Or, oh, I'm always grinding. They just like talk and post shit. Like, mm -hmm. you know, it's not reality. What, what people really should be doing is like waking up and doing an eight hour shift at their own business. It's the only way to grow. If you're going to like tell people at a bar that you print shirts... How much are you really going to convert? Like, right. maybe you'll get a guy from the bar, but like, you're not going to grow a business that way. You know, it's not, it's not a business until you act like it and you actually put in the work for sales, put in the work for production. You can't like, you can't like charm your way into it because right. even if you land a big order, if you blow it, now your reputation is going to go sideways. It's going to be hard to... There's been some really big print shops that have changed their name because their reviews got too bad. Really? Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. They uh, they just, like, their Yelp gets way too sideways, and they'll have, like, a one-star Yelp. And so they just buy a new website, and then they say, like, oh, yeah, we're now we're Max's Tees. And then they start a brand new one, and they have their mom leave a five-star review, and, like, that's the beginning. <laughs> so that actually is a good idea, though, to have people... That you know and, and Review friends you. and stuff, yeah. Well, yeah. I would think that there's probably some sort of review moral gray area there. You know, mm -hmm. like, it will absolutely benefit you. Right. And Especially if you want to yeah. and if you want to feel, like, morally okay with it, like, give your mom a free shirt for it, and then she can be like, this shirt he made's amazing. <laughs> you know, like, at least... <laughs> it would be a legit... At least okay. it's a review. Yeah. Like, even if you gave people free things, at uh -huh. least... It's a little more legit, but it'll absolutely benefit you. That's That was one of the biggest questions I had for you, actually. Now, okay, so my company, the name, it's, it's an acronym, OQP, right? I have an insignia with it. Have a, I haven't made the website yet. What's would OQP? It, 
OQP. It stands for only quality people. There's two different, and you know, like the the website will be OQP Apparel, you know, mm-hmm. and so um, the FBN, you know, I've got a, two different ones, OQP and OQP Desire, also a training type thing. I'm, I'm basically stealing the concept of my that my partner had, and mm-hmm. then kind of going just my own route. You know, I'm gonna put my own spin on it. Yeah, kind of uh, Zuckerberg tactic, you know. Yeah. But uh, so with my own line, I haven't started developing that yet. Yeah, you you do you guys make your own shirts? I haven't even paid attention. No, no. <laughs> is it is it worth it? Like if you so, were gonna do your own, you know, like oh hey, like you do your own tags and and just start coming up with cool designs and stuff. Like would that be cost effective if they were popular? So the problem is is audience, and I think that's what I even just our customers when they come in and buy from us because they're starting a brand is they really completely abandon the concept that someone has to care. Like they keep telling themselves that they're making something great and they forget that no one knows who they are. And so if you have an audience that you can sell to, then controlling your own brand, the margins are like phenomenal because your only cost will be your blank and then you'll do your own labor. I mean, you'd be a much happy camper. Like let's say you sold a hundred of your own shirts at 20 bucks a pop and you didn't run any jobs for anyone. Like, You'd be fine. Even just 100 shirts a week, you'd be cool. Because you'd only pay for the blank. And then you'd do all the printing. Mm-hmm. You'd be keeping like $16. So you could have a $1,600 profit every week if you sold 100 shirts. But making, creating a But do you market. know 100 people that right. want to buy your shirt? So it's like the audience is critical. And you can do it kind of old school, like try to sell at the swap meet or try to like get consignment at a store but then you just have people walking around who still don't know what's going on like i feel like if i launched a brand then what i'd really want to do is like take a budget whatever like a thousand dollars and for like six months i'd do nothing but cool crap that's it that's it like i just want twenty thousand people watching videos and stunts and like people who are pretty smiling that's all I want. I want like 20,000 people on Instagram who actually engage, have comments. You have a lot of likes. People are like into it mm-hmm. and then launch a brand because you have 20,000 people that are like into your world that you've created as a brand. So whether it's like positive messages or if it's just crazy pictures or even like those meme accounts, at least you have an audience who sees you and then you're like, oh, I'm going to print a meme on a shirt. I mean... That's probably a kind of a dumb idea, but that's the that's the concept. Like well, we're gonna I see do people doing it here. That that one that oppressed, feeling oppressed shirt. That guy that's mm-hmm. done, that's essentially a meme. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know if we can say his name, <laughs> but yeah, he's he's a big YouTuber. <laughs> he's like so famous, guys. He's so famous. Yeah, he. Uh, but yeah, exactly. I mean, he's got like five million subscribers wow. on YouTube, so. He can have 5 million people see that shirt when they watch his video today at 3. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Not dropping any hints. Well, they well they, yeah, they'll hear it after. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> A few days ago at 3. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, when he does that right now, he's going to have yeah, sure. however many 100,000 people who actually tune in live. Mm-hmm. And then people will be watching it later because they, they just watch the clip later. Right. So, I mean... 
if he gets like one percent, he's gonna break us. Right. Like just one. If one percent of his right. people buy and he has a million views, he'll crush us. Like the work will be too much. So it's the audience. Okay. I mean, if you have 20,000 followers for your brand that hasn't even launched, you might only convert like 2% of them. But So the numbers have to be really big to make some money. Okay. Cute and Country, who's one of the other brands we've worked with, I mm-hmm. think they're at, they're very close to 2 million Facebook followers. But in sales, they'll, they might do, I mean, they're perfectly happy, like they're doing good, but... Mm-hmm. On 2 million Facebook followers, they might do a few thousand units. So, they're nowhere so close to 1%. Right. So, but if I, they're making... I mean, how much are they making off each unit, you know? I... They do... I mean, everything's at Amazon, so I don't know what he actually set it at, but he's fine. Right. They're, like, living at the beach, and they're happy. <laughs> right. Yeah, they're making plenty of money. Got, so so you were saying $1,000 budget on so just creating that world. Yeah, I mean, I think brands are really worlds because, like, the idea of print, putting ink on a shirt is just a commodity. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. You can do it badly, and then, you know, you have no business. But assuming you're doing something kind of right, then uh, you're really just doing something that everyone on the planet is capable of. So it's all about a brand that people somehow care about. Um, I think that's like the only way it really works. I mean, why does anyone care about the word Supreme in, in a red block? Like Supreme is stupid and it's huge and it's all culture. So I just need one famous person. Like I need Trump to wear my shirt just one time. It's not that easy either. (laughs) No. No, because we, like two chains used to wear his CEO millionaire stuff. He mm-hmm. was okay. We did the shirt that that two chains wore on Stephen Colbert, and he sold like five hundred. Really? So it's like cool. Five hundred's great. Five hundred units is awesome. But he's two chains on the biggest nightly show like in America, and it's only equal to five hundred units. So like, it's not life changing when people something happens like that. blast out merch because right. everyone's selling merch so like you know it doesn't change your life because miley wears your shirt it's cool and you'll see a bump but it's not you're that's not like the beginning and the end of everything okay also i don't think miley's really that popular famous anymore, anymore. yeah <laughs> Poor thing. Oh, poor Miley. She's like listening to a t-shirt podcast. She's like, really? Really? <laughs> I'm suing him. I am su- Where is this at? How is this happening? I'm going for coal right now. So, okay. Now, something simple. And I've actually, I've done one. I've already made a YouTube video. And, uh-huh. and, and just out of my garage, you know, and I'm not, I'm not trying to like get it out there or anything like that. You are trying it's, to get it out there. That's the whole. Well, right, thing. right. But I'm not really pushing it that hard. I just made it to honestly, as a challenge, I wanted to see how tough it would be to make it, mm-hmm. which it was really simple. Even for a guy who's, who's computer illiterate. Yeah. Like it, that was actually a fairly simple endeavor. But, you know, for me, the route I'd more want to go is, is the one-on-one stuff. You know, kind of like this, like an actual, hey, if you really want to do this, instead of buying the, let's say you came into $10,000 or even four for some reason, you know, you'd saved up enough money and you thought, oh, hey, I want to, I want to get to that level. I want to get to shirt agency or, you know, whoever, custom ink. And 
That's a small jump. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> but that's how the whole system works. It goes like no nothing. Garage, <laughs> shirt agency, custom. Yeah. It's a three three step three plan. tier. Yeah, yeah. It's really that simple. Nothing guys. in between. But that but that's what I mean. But that's what the advertising has got you thinking. You know, even my buddy. You know, the guy who I went into partnership with. He was just, oh man, it's so easy, and shirts are so easy, and he just he had me. Buff and I invested money into it and stuff, and then I got on that first job by myself, and it was like, this is not as easy as I thought it was going to be, you know? No, it's and, not and easy that's, money. Right, and that's something that I guess I kind of wanted to, what my kind of goal with, like, putting YouTube videos and, and creating, you know, content for sure, but also, like, hey, like, something simple I learned real fast was... Uh, when you're trying to speed up the process and you're drying a, a screen after degreasing it, don't use a, a blow dryer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, was, that was not a good idea, you know? Yeah. You just pop, the screen's gone. It's like, okay, lesson learned. Kind of expensive lesson, you know, especially with me like ordering it under well, the gun. Well, you're not close to a supplier. Exactly. That ruins everything because yeah. you're waiting for shipments. Mm hmm. That's brutal. I, I was in Austin at a shop and it was like that because Austin didn't have a legit supplier. They had like little nobodies and so we shipped everything in. And like if you screwed up not getting Royal Blue, you could not print for two days. Like That was it. Like the job couldn't run. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I, it's definitely more difficult for you waiting for that stuff to show up. And, um, yeah. Okay. That's something. That, so how long have you been in this industry? Well, so in high school, I took the ROP class that was like the graphic design ROP class, mm -hmm. and they had screen printing stuff there. So I learned screen printing in a class at like 15. Mm -hmm. And then basically, there was a core group of us who did the screen printing class like every single semester and didn't learn anything because it was great. We just stood there and did anything we wanted, and the teacher left us alone. Right. Because we'd taken the class. like, So it was almost like a free period where we had toys. And so we were just making weird crap every day. Um, and so I definitely knew a lot as a teenager. Just because I was literally allowed to play every single semester. Um, and then in college, I used it to do little hustly money. So it was like, I did like the journalism t-shirts and stuff. And that was just more like hustly. It wasn't a business. They were just giving coal money. Right. And then, uh, and then I did real shops for like maybe two, three years. And then, uh, I got fired and that's why all this happened. So, I mean, I've been doing it forever. Right. But considering I'm 31, there's not many 31 year olds that have screen printed for 15 years. That's where I got that number from. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, like I, I've done it a lot. That's for sure. Okay. Supposed to like someone starting out a year or two in, in their garage, not knowing anything. Yeah. Okay. Plus, you don't have an open shop in a high school where you're allowed to do anything you want. Screw up. I mean yeah. that we we didn't even have jobs. Like there was nothing to do but play. I think that was a huge part of everything I learned. It's just like complete freedom in that place. So I don't do well with like a lecture. Really. So I, I think that was a huge part of it was playing. I mean, maybe if you're really worried about it, run jobs for yourself. Even if you just buy Pellons so you're not printing on tees. 
Just mm. be like, I'm going to do this weird crap just because I'm going to do it. Or like maybe print it on tees, but like sell them for $5. So they're like break even. But you're doing it because you're like, you want to run a discharge job and you've never done it before or whatever. Right. You're not really doing okay. it for the actual profit. Like maybe you're just breaking even, having your friends buy them up or something because whatever. It's almost more of an art project. Okay. Now, I, I noticed you had some skateboards out there that said shirt agency on. And where, yeah. Where did that? <laughs> we just put it under the press one day. It's just plastisol. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. We just screen print di- uh, grip tape. That's all it is. It's just grip tape. Alright. And then the DTG, you have to have quite I mean, as expensive as those machines are, you have to have quite a bit of a calling to even consider. Yeah, I mean, I hate DTG so much. I, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I, pretty, I, The stuff I've seen, there's been a few things here and there. I was like, yeah, it looks all right, but it's it's nothing that I, I... I mean, not even the look of it, but just using them is a nightmare. Right. They're so slow, and they're so, like, finicky. It's crazy. You can do everything right, and you'll have a clogged head. Okay. And you're like, okay, so I'm going to clean my clogged head. You spend an hour and a half cleaning so that you can then print six shirts DTG. I mean, it's just, it's awful. Like, it really is awful. In that same hour and a half that you're cleaning a clogged print head, on the auto, you could have done 600 units. And manual, you probably could have done, like, 100 units if you have a conveyor belt. So, it's just, it's a, it's a horrible way to make money. Like, I, when we first started DTG, we were real excited about trying to be, like, print-on-demand, push DTG, kind of do that thing, like, kind of what, like, Amazon Merch is doing. Mm-hmm. And we were going to buy a whole bunch of them, and we started using them, and we're like, this is the worst way to make money ever. Like, it's just, the ink's expensive, the maintenance is awful, and they're not very reliable. So now it's basically become like samples and people who blatantly want full color. So now it's more of like a, a service that we're offering. It's not, you know, we don't want to be the kings of DTG. Right. We want to do what we're doing with the screen printing where it's like somebody goes online, they pump up a brand, they launch it on like YouTube and now they've got 5,000 sales or whatever. This Brockhampton one was 15,000 units. Like, who cares about DTG? Like, what? Why even like? You could never DTG fifteen thousand units ever. You'd never finish. And like, this is this is money. Like, that's the way to go. You just do a really nice screen print. Okay. So So yeah, just definitely put that put that out of your mind, especially when you're starting out. I mean, there's there's a type of business that that because we're kind of a unique print shop because we really like like musicians and businesses and brands. Mm. But there's a type of guy who can make good money with DTG. But it's because you're selling DTG for 25 bucks and you have like a kiosk or you have a mall spot or you have like a... It's like that, you know, you're just cranking out like birthday shirts and if you charge a lot for the really small jobs, maybe that would make more sense. Mm-hmm. But it, since that's never been our focus, we don't use them like that. We use them basically like sample machines. And just so everyone knows, DTG means direct to garment, right? Mm-hmm. That's just an acronym for that. It's just mm-hmm. a way of 
Yeah, I for a long time I didn't. You guys kept saying that, and I'm like, I don't know what the heck they're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> I think that the industry has a habit of doing that. Like once people know things, they talk. They really try to fast. sound. <laughs> oh, oh, they just talk fast. Well, yeah, like the girls at Bella and stuff when um, they, I all see them like at a show, and when they start talking about fabric, I'm like, okay, lost. okay, you don't cool. even... <laughs> like it is soft. Like, you know, their knowledge of fabric is all those other words I don't know, but it is soft. It is soft. Like their their knowledge of that part of it is so far beyond mine. I know things like it doesn't have polyester, does it have cotton? You know, but when they start getting into like, oh, we've changed the way we're manufacturing and we're doing this now and this and this and this, and it's like it's all just made up. You know, it's right. like they're just making up words over there, right. Bella. <laughs> I don't know. You can't be talking too bad about them. They, that's your hey. That's, that's that was a good thing I said. Oh, they have fancy <laughs> fabric. Making up words. Fancy <laughs> fabric. Uh, all right. Uh, I'm sure anyone listening's done. Yeah, that's that's been. They gave up ten minutes in. 